Hello, happy Friday. So I know the Penguins don't play it for these next couple of days, but that doesn't mean there isn't stuff to talk about when it comes for this team. First segment, we're going to have a full game preview for the matchup against the Devils on Sunday afternoon, Super Bowl Sunday, of course. And go into their underlying numbers a bit more, look at their lines, see where they're headed for the rest of the season. We're also going to do um, just, I think, you know, a, a nightmare playoff matchup versus actual good playoff matchups for the Penguins since they're basically all, all but locked in I would say at this point, and then we're also going to get to maybe some Olympic hockey touch on, I think, some of the men's and women's tournament. As you know, the women's team has been playing really well um, as of late. So we'll get to all that starting right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Friday evening, well, afternoon slash evening edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Of course, you know, the Penguins got that big win on Thursday night against Ottawa, a 2-0 shutout of the Senators. Casey DeSmith continues to play his butt off, especially these last um, couple starts. I believe he has stopped 50 – I saw I saw this, I today, I believe 52 of the last 54 shots um, that he has faced. So, um, you know, he's just he, – he, he has been on one right now. Um, to say the least. Um, some Penguins updates before we get into, you know, the full preview against the Devils. Evgeny Malkin was back at practice day, practicing in his normal second-line center spot. Uh, Mike Sullivan said that he is a game-time decision, though, you know, with this practice day, and then tomorrow is a practice day before the team goes to Newark. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, there is no doubt that he is playing. So big news there. He, he only had to miss two games. He did not have a, a big stint with COVID-19, thank God. That, you know, he was one of the last players to get COVID on the team. But again, you know, luckily his symptoms were not too terrible. Um, with that um, news, they also sent down Valtteri Pustin and Michael Chaput back to Wilkes-Barre. So neither player um, got to play in their first NHL action this year. You know, um, I, I would have liked, I think, to see Pustin at least a little bit just because I think he would probably offer maybe a little bit more than what Dom Simone does. But I do think his time is eventually going to be coming. Um, probably next season, you know, depending on what they do over the offseason. But, you know, it's 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 cool that, you know, he still got to come up here. And I just, you know, get a little taste of, I guess, some NHL. Well, I, I shouldn't say get some taste of NHL action because he didn't play, but, you know, still get to be around the big league club and just see what happens on a day-to-day basis. You know, maybe that'll be a little bit important to him. But um, those are the main updates from practice today. So, again, Malkin's back. A couple players sent down to Wilkes-Barre. Um, Drew O'Connor was back on the ice. He looks like a game-time decision as well. With where the, the roster is right now, I think he would may, maybe play over Redeem Zahorna, but I'm not really sure what Sully will do there. You know, honestly, either one, you can't go wrong. I think Zahorna has played really well in his limited stint this year. Um, expected goals for um, above 60%. Possession-wise for shot attempts, above 55 56%. And these are only – it's been a little below 100 minutes at 5v5 play, but, you know, he's definitely, you know, making a case to, you know, stay on this roster for perhaps the rest of the season. You know, we'll have to see what the Penguins do if they send him down to Wilkes-Barre, which they might do, I think, just because um, when healthy, this team is very crowded at forward. But remember, this player is on a one-way deal next season. 
So, you know, he's going to have a big opportunity, I think, to make the team coming out of camp next year. Of course, you know, there, there's my slack, but, you know, that's not going to happen anymore. And I'm just going to mute the Discord as well, and we are good. Okay, perfect. I always forget to mute those every time I start my podcast. But, you know, anyways, that's good. That, that will not um, interfere for the next 15 to 20 minutes or anything like that. But, again, back to what I was saying, you know, he will have a definitely, I think, a big opportunity for himself to make the team out of camp um, for next season. Um, getting now to a full preview of the Devils. So um, they've put, you know, I always love going to natural stats, which is just look at the team stats. So almost 2,400 minutes at 5v5 this year. The Devils um, have 51% of the shot attempts. So not terrible uh, scoring chance-wise. Uh, well, if I can find the actual goals for goals allowed, um, they're basically almost minus 30 in that category. Um, 43.4% of the actual goals at 5v5. Um, 51.2% of expected goals for. That's not too bad. They're just, they haven't been getting good goaltending this year. They have 51.8% of the scoring chances for. So, you, you know, it's, they're, they're not, they have some okay underlying numbers. It's just, you know, you look at the talent that they have and, you know, they're, they're not there yet. And again, it also doesn't help that their goalies as of right now, you know, Nico Dawes and John Gillies, um, you know, Bernier's been banged up a lot this year. Mackenzie Blackwood's been banged up a lot as well. Um, as of right now, I don't think either one is going to be playing on Sunday against the Penguins. Um, but so, you know, obviously that's going to be a big opportunity for Pittsburgh to win their third straight game. But again, New Jersey always likes to play the Penguins like it is their Super Bowl. Top line, Jesper Bratt with Nico Heischer and Yugor Sarangovich. Um, you know, Heischer, I've always respected in this league, just because he's a, a he, I wouldn't say he's a dominant two-way force, but he's a pretty good two-way center. You know, I think his offense is definitely underrated, but you know, where he shines is his defense. I think it's not going to be long before he starts to get a lot of Selkie love. I'm not sitting here and saying the guy is going to be the next Patrice Bergeron because he's not. Um, but you know, he's still, I think a pretty underrated player in the league. And, you know, the devils are not the same player when he's out. Remember last year, you know, when the Devils, you know, they were they were treading water a little bit. Jack Hughes was playing well, but it was the he share injury that really screwed them up. He was banged up a little bit this year. He's been able to come back. Um and you know he's been he's been pretty good. You know, obviously the big injury right now for New Jersey is no Jack Hughes. Does not look like he's going to play on Sunday either. I mean that's just that's a massive loss because you know I expected big things from him this year, you know, he got that massive contract from the Devils because, you know, they see him as the franchise moving forward. And I do think he is going to get to that superstar level. Um, he, he's not there yet. That's okay. You know, he's he's entering those peak years, you know, you know, age 23, 24, 25, 26. You know, that's, you know, 27 to 28, that's when you kind of start to exit your peak years. You're still in your prime. But it's those peak years that, you know, you want to take advantage of, you know, if you're a good and contending team, obviously New Jersey right now, they're not good and they're not contending, but they're going to want to, they're going to have to get this right with him. Um, if he's going to, you know, stay for the long haul again, I know he is signed for a long time, but you know, what, what's going to happen if the team starts, to, if the team continues to stink year after year, I mean, is he going to want out, you know, who knows? Second line, Pavel Zaka, who has been getting some trade interest, according to Elliot Friedman, Jimmy VC, Tomas Tatar. I, I spoke a lot about Tatar during, you know, the off season that I would have loved if the Penguins would have signed him and maybe moved some salary out. You know, Tatar has actually played you know, pr pretty decently 
uh, for New Jersey this year. If I can pull up his uh, hockey reference page real quick. I mean, nine goals, 18 points, 45 games. I mean, it's the Devils, though. I really think if you put him on an actual contending team, um, he probably would have 15 to 20 goals by now. You know, it was weird that Montreal decided not never to play him down the stretch last year. Um, I'll, I, I will never uh, understand that. And in the playoffs, especially because, you know, the talent is there. It's just I think at times he is a little bit inconsistent. But he's, he's on the second line, Jimmy VC. He's burned the Penguins once this year. Remember with that um, shorthanded goal in the first meeting, if I'm not mistaken. Janssen on the third line with Bill Quist and Mercer. And then uh, McLeod on the fourth line with Bastian. And then for defensively, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, former Washington Capitol, uh, D- Damon Severson. I've always found him to be super underrated. His underlying numbers are usually not bad. P.K. Subban with Ty Smith on the second pairing. I love Ty Smith. Um, you know, he's re- really much blossoming into a top four defenseman. I think he's going to be a top pairing defenseman at the end of the day. You know, he really impressed me last season. And, you know, from the, the limited glimpses that I've seen from New Jersey this year, um, he's impressed me as well, you know, especially against the Penguins, uh, Ryan Graves on the third pairing. Um, you know, remember, he came over from Colorado um, in that trade, and I think they only gave up um, a pick or two or something like that. But, you know, this is still a matchup that the Penguins should win. This is the third out of the four four meetings. They'll play New Jersey one more time at PBG Paints Arena um, later on down the line. But, you know, this is also, you know, a place, Newark, that is, where the Penguins have struggled. Again, as I said in my Thursday episode, is it the House of Horrors? No, but very rarely do they play there. They still win there at times, more often than they do in Boston. But even when they do win, they don't play super well. Even in the game, the, the one they, the, the one that they won in Newark right before that Christmas break process, I believe that was that was a three to one win over the Devils. They didn't really look that good. They just they took advantage of the chance that they got and they were able to bury them. And uh, Tristan Tristan was able to have a pretty good game uh, for that one. Or was that? Or actually, that might have been DeSmith that started. Um, I'm, I'm, I think um, I, I can actually double check that here real quick to see um, who did start that game. Yeah, in the next matchup. So remember, it'll be February 24th um, against them. That will be in Pittsburgh. And again, I can go scroll back up here to see. Um, so no, three to two matchup. Excuse me. And it was it was Tristan only faced 19 shots in that matchup, uh, 17 saves, and the goal scorers for that one for Pittsburgh: Teddy Bluger, Dayton Heinen, and Mike Matheson. So Penguins will go try take two out of three from New Jersey for this one. 1:30 start time. Um, you can see the game on ESPN Plus, um, AT&T Sports Network. If you're in Pittsburgh, I don't think it's that's on NHL Network at all. Now, that wraps up this first segment of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Coming up with the second segment, we're going to get into, you know, the, the, the nightmare playoff matchups for the Penguins in the first round compared to the matchups that I think would be best for them. Before we do that, though, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. But nope, not this year. I'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of the best Built Bars out there. Puffs are the first ever protein to use marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Re- replace your candy bars 
with those, they are better. You can go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away with what you see. You know, most of them contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. The flavors, of course, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So in terms of the nightmare matchups versus the actual good matchups, so we look at the Metropolitan Division right now. Just going to pull up the standings for you all right here. So Penguins are currently second place. They have one more game played than the Rangers. It's fine. 66 points, 21-11-8. and The playoffs started today. They would have home ice against the Rangers. This will be their first playoff matchup in six years. Thankfully, we've gotten a break. They are only one point behind Carolina, though the Hurricanes also have um, three games in hand on them. The Penguins do play Carolina coming up. They play them three times, actually in their final 30-plus games. Those matchups are going to be huge to determine who wins the Metropolitan Division. Now, the Penguins are also five points up on the Capitals. Capitals also have a game in hand on them. Um, It's looking like, as of right now, the Penguins are going to play one of those three teams in the first round. If they somehow collapse down to the eighth spot, it'll probably be the Atlantic winner, and that's one of Florida or Tampa Bay. Those, Those would be the biggest nightmare matchups, at least for me. Tampa Bay is very good. I know they might be a little gas going into the playoffs, but they've also played less or less hockey than the Penguins had to when they were going for their three P. Remember, you know, Tampa Bay had that break. You know, last year was a shortened season. They have not played nearly as much as the Penguins have had um, going into their cup run. So, you know, there there is a real chance that they will do a three peat here, but. You know, I still don't like that match as of right now just because of how deep Tampa is. I think Pittsburgh would give them a heck of a fight. And if Tristan Jari, you know, plays up to par with Andre Vasilevsky, they definitely have a chance. But for in terms of a first-round matchup, um, I would pass on that, at least, you know, for me. Same with Florida. Um, I, I hope those two teams play in the Atlantic Division so they can beat each other up and only one of those teams moves on to the conference final. Um, you know, the Panthers are just – they're deep, they're fast, they're getting great goaltending. Um, they have superstar players that can take over a game in an instant. That's not a team that I would want to face in the first round. You know, they're going to have Ekblad back healthy for the playoffs this time. Remember last year when he got hurt right before the playoffs, and that just, that screwed them. You know, I know a lot of people were looking forward to that series, me especially, because it was the first Battle of Florida series, I think, in their history. But without Ekblad there, um, I don't think the Panthers had a shot. And, you know, you saw that they lost in six games. Spencer Knight had to start. Chris Rieger had to start. You know, Bobrovsky played a little bit, but, you know, he wasn't that good. But with how he's playing this year, you know, there's an opportunity, I think, that he could potentially steal on that series if he plays well. Now, in terms, um, another, another, I think another nightmare matchup in the first round, Carolina. I I don't want to see that team in the first round. I just think that's a bad match. It's just a bad matchup waiting to happen. I I would want to see that matchup in the second round. I I, I know the Penguins can beat them, and I do want to see those two teams go at it because we haven't seen a playoff series 
um, in 13 years between the two, you know, Jordan Stahl revenge series, Rod Brindamore versus Mike Sullivan. They also have superstars that can take over a game in an instant. Their fan base down there is crazy. Defensively, they're one of the best teams in hockey. You know, they're just a fun team to watch. I know a lot of people don't like them for their storm surge stuff. And, you know, obviously Tony D'Angelo's a stain. I'm, I will never root for that guy, but they're still a fun team to watch. And, you know, just they, they, they're they such a skilled and fast team. And I think, you know, in the second round, that would be a great matchup. And in terms of the first round, um, definitely not. Now, in terms of the best possible matchups, I actually think I would take Washington above all the other teams. And I'll tell you why. Um, I know the Penguins have lost two out of three to Washington this year. You know, that may scare some people. But I also will say this. You know, the Penguins also beat them six out of eight times last year. Right now, Washington's goaltending is not that good. Their underlying numbers are pretty piss poor. Their power play going into um, not I think not not last week, but the week before was five for their last fifty eight. Um, they have some of the worst special teams in the league. Um, and again, you know, if they don't improve their goaltending by the deadline, um, they're not going to go anywhere. And I also don't think they're that deep. Even if you bring Anthony Mantha back and TJ Oshie, and they are both expected back this season, you look at that lineup and, you know, outside of their top six, no one really else scares you. I mean, Lars Eller, I mean, he's okay. Daniel Sprong, Carl Haglin, Garnett Hathaway, Nick Dowd. I mean, Compared to the Penguins, you know, Jeff Carter, Teddy Bluger, Danton Heinen, Evan Rodriguez, Zach Aston, Reese Brock McGinn. I mean, to me, um, it's not close in my opinion. You know, John Carlson since the new year, he only has two points. Tom Wilson since the new year, he only has one goal and three points. You know, some of their players are nowhere to be found right now that are making a lot of the big bucks. And, you know, I think outside of Alex Ovechkin having a ridiculous season for Washington, you know, Nicholas Backstrom has also picked it up a little bit as well. Kuznetsov's not been bad. Um, no, it's, it's definitely, it's, they're not the team that, um, I just, they're not a team that scares me. I don't think so. I would definitely take that, um, at least penguins wise after that, I think it would be the Rangers. The Rangers also have some, some of the worst underlying numbers in hockey expected goals. They're bottom five. Uh, Corsi, uh, shot attempts per 60, they're bottom five high danger chances. They're not very good there. They're very much a, you know, one and done kind of team in the offensive zone. Um, they really can't put together three to four straight passes in the zone and actually cycle. They are, their bread and butter is a Igor Shostorkin standing on his head and B their power play, just lighting you up with all of their elite talent on there. I know Chris Kreider has been really good this year. It's kind of came out of nowhere, but, you know, he's doing a lot of this damage on the power play. I know how good Artemi Panarin is. I know how good Adam Fox is, Mika Zibanejad. Outside of that, that team I don't really think has anything. I mean, Lafreniere I think has been – I wouldn't say a bust, but he's not been that good. Capo Caco has been definitely, I think, a bust. You know, their bottom six is not good. I mean, Lindgren and, you know, Keandre Miller aren't bad. But, again, you know, outside of those players that I mentioned, and, of course, the goalie – you know, I think they're definitely an overrated team, and I don't see that team going on a cup run. I think the Penguins would be able to take them in a series. Now, could Igor Shostorkin go full, full Ilya Sorokin and stand on his head? Absolutely. Um, I would not be surprised if he did. He's been far, by far and away the best goaltender in hockey this year. It's so funny because Henrik Lundqvist retires. It's like, oh, wow, what are they going to do in goalie? They have another basically mini Henrik Lundqvist, except this guy's Russian, comes in and plays exactly like him. And the, the, the style of hockey that they play, it, it's 
they're, they're, they make Shesterkin be another Lundqvist and stand on his head night after night after night. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch those two teams play this year. Um, I'm going to have my eye just on how, how the, if the Penguins can outplay them pretty badly um, in those games, the Penguins play the Rangers coming up um, in a few weeks um, for the first time, but that'll do it for this second segment of the podcast coming up in the third one. Um, we're going to go into just, you know, some, some Olympic talk and just, you know, my overall thoughts on the men's and women's hockey. But before we get to that, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam from both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and right to your Olympic coverage and information. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So in terms of the Olympic hockey stuff, you know, it, it is still upsetting that, you know, we don't have NHL players there. You know, um, I remember the last time I got to watch Olympic hockey, junior, junior year of high, I believe, yeah, junior year of high school, got to watch the Canada-USA semifinal match um, during English class. I believe it was around one o'clock because, you know, they were playing in Sochi. And, you know, I was just kind of pacing around back and forth just because it was it was so crazy. I mean, the U.S. was playing well, but they just they couldn't solve Canada. You know, that was the year that, of course, that Canada won gold. But you know, since then, you know, they just they knew they didn't go in 2018 because the league is stupid. Obviously, this year with COVID 19, and you know, I just I haven't tuned into the men's the men's stuff. I mean, it's not fun. I think to watch. I mean. <sighs> You know, I, I know the Olympics is supposed to be, you know, for amateurs and, and stuff like that. And though a lot of these people that are in the other sports are actual professionals, which is perfect. But, you know, there are people out there, especially for hockey, that don't want NHL players to go because they want the, I guess, the young and up and, up and coming players to get a shot. And I mean, to me, it's that that's that's a bad take because I love watching NHL players, you know, play for their country because, you know, this means so much to them. And you could definitely tell that, you know, when the announcement came that they were pulling out of the Olympics, um, it just it was met with so much negativity because they were promised it. You know, they're expected to go in 2026. They're expected to have a 20 World Cup of Hockey maybe for 2024. Um, I think we've been just dying for more. Um world-class um, international hockey because there's so much talent in the NHL right now. And I want to see these guys on the biggest stage. Um, that's for sure. So the men's one, I haven't really tuned in. I don't really care as much because, you know, just a lot of players on the Team USA, I don't really know. Um, now for the women's team, I mean, that's actually been a lot of fun to watch. I know a lot of people don't watch women's hockey and, you know, that's their right. But, you know, I mean, those players are some of the most skilled players I've ever seen just watching the sport in my life. I mean, I was watching the U.S. Czech Republic game last night. That was the first time the Czech Republic women's team has ever been um, in the Olympics. They were playing them in the quarterfinal. And just watching the U.S. take them to town, even though the game was uncomfortably close, was just crazy. I mean, this this, this Czech Republic goaltender, um, Peslarova or something like that, I think that was her name, um, was just going full Patrick Waugh. 
you know, standing on her head, just making save after save after save, just giving her team a shot. And, you know, they, they took a one nothing lead and it was like, okay, um, is the U.S. going to get eliminated here? You know, thankfully not. Hillary Knight was able to make it one-to-one um, before the U.S. broke the seal in the third period, scored three goals. They're going on to the semifinals to play the winner of Finland-Japan. Um, you know, that U.S.-Canada matchup the night before, the other night, um, that was just a treat to watch. And, you know, I, I can't wait to watch what likely will be the gold medal match um, between the U.S. and Canada. And, you know, I saw this weird take that people said that the, the that women's hockey shouldn't be in the Olympics. I, I don't listen to crap like that because, you know, it's it's so much fun to watch, you know, these women go at it on the national stage. And for those people that think, well, it's a two-horse race, look what the Czech Republic was doing through 40 minutes last night. It was tied one-to-one, and they were one period away from one of the, probably the biggest upset in women's Olympic hockey history. So the fact that people are saying like, well, you know, it's just everyone just, it's just the U.S. and Canada dumping on teams. You know, that's not necessarily the case because the U.S. actually had to fight for that win. I know, you know, the shot attempts paint a different story and the shots on goal paint the same story. I get that. They badly outplayed them. But, you know, the Czechs were in that game until the very end. They had about four or five power plays as well. And it's just it was just a fun game overall to watch. And I'm looking forward to watching more of that, you know, as, as the tournament um, concludes in the near future. You know, I, I um, would want... I would recommend, you know, if you can stay up to watch the semifinal game, um, but more so the gold medal game, that's just going to have so much skill um, involved between Canada and the U.S. So I just wanted, you know, to send that message for the final segment for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to today's show. I always appreciate it. Remember, Penguins in action, 1.30 p.m., on Sunday, they're back, and after that, they play Philadelphia at home on Tuesday. Sidney Crosby goes for his 500th against the Devils. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't score that, but the Penguins still win, and then he's able to do it against Philadelphia, a team that he has owned his entire career. But again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Remember, follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, and the show's Twitter, at Logan Square Penguins, and I'll be back with another episode on Monday.